everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining and Merry Christmas. Today, we're reading Revelation 14, which raises some pretty standard Revelation questions like, what's the mark of the beast? And how should Christians today apply this specific chapter to our lives? Well, one of my favorite movies is The Polar Express. And hang with me here. In the movie, each child receives a special golden ticket, but one girl loses her ticket. Having a ticket was important for the kids because the ticket told the conductor that the child belonged on the train. When the girl lost her ticket, the conductor escorted her out of the car in which all the other children sat. And because she didn't possess a ticket, she was separated from everyone else who got to enjoy music and hot chocolate. I mean, it was every kid's dream train ride. And I think all of us can identify with what that girl must have felt when she was escorted away. We don't want to be left out. We want to experience the good stuff. And for those who turn to Christ during the tribulation, chapter 14 is full of a lot of good news for them, a lot of good stuff. So before we jump into the specifics of this chapter, we've got to understand that this chapter is actually full of good news. We've got to read it with rose-colored glasses. To set the scene, verse 1, we read the words, On Mount Zion. And whenever we hear On Mount Zion or Mount Zion, our brains should go hope, joy, a good place, a good city. This is where the good guys, quote-unquote, should be. There are differing views now as to whether we're talking the literal or figurative Mount Zion, but the most popular view is that this is a literal Mount Zion. That's the capital city of Israel. And here, it's representing the seat of the messianic kingdom on earth, not heaven, on earth. And that understanding of Mount Zion should give us hope. As we talked about in episode 245, Jesus ultimately triumphs over the prince of the power of air here on this earth. It's his kingdom. And one commentator reminds us this time, once again, here in today's chapter, is the period of the Great Tribulation, and no specific time is given within that general designation. The fact that John sees them on Mount Zion has more to do with the identity, positive associations, than it does with permanent residence or their labor. To put that in my own words, as we begin reading this inspiring chapter, John sees God's people standing with the Lamb in God's place. And we know they're God's people because they have the Father's name written on their foreheads. Just like a ticket and the Polar Express meant you could sit in the fun train car, this mark meant that God's people got to experience God's best. The commentator helps us understand who these 144,000 people are when he says this. In chapter 7, the reader observes them as 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel and is informed that they received the seal of God on their foreheads. The seal, which is normally a mark of ownership, is also generally an indication of protection, though in some cases the sealing might be for judgment. Let me say that again. The seal— which is normally or traditionally a mark of ownership, is also generally an indication of protection, though in some cases the ceiling might be for judgment. In this case, almost certainly protection is in view. These 144,000, including the 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel mentioned back in chapter 7, have a particular function via the tribulation period, which is now the focus of chapter 14. 
So chapter 14 is all about God, God's people, specifically these 144,000 who have a particular role to play, and God's place, the capital city. Chapter 14, think God, God's people, God's place. But here's the thing. If we keep reading, we get to understand the setting even more. In verse 7, the first of the three angels says with a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory, because the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. God, God's people, God's place, at the hour of judgment. Now remember, I said this chapter is more positive than we might expect, and author Nancy Guthrie puts it like this. The hour of judgment coming might not sound like good news, but anyone who has experienced specific injustice, endured living under a corrupt government or in an abusive home, or had their livelihood or innocence taken from them should recognize the incredibly good news that the hour of judgment is truly coming. All that bad stuff, it's going to end. And the good news, it continues with the next angel. Babylon has fallen. That means... The source of all the ugliness, perversion, and unsatisfying consumerism and consumption that wrecks so many lives will on that day lose all of its allure. No longer will it be able to deceive and destroy, Guthrie writes. And there's more good news as the third angel begins to speak. But when we think about this passage and read words like, if anyone worships the beasts and receives the mark of the beast, we immediately think dark, bad, danger, evil, which is true. But contextually, this chapter is filled with good news. So put on your rose-colored glasses as best you can because it's good news. Rose-colored glasses as we read verses 9 and 10 in the NLT. Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast in his statue or accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath. Now you might be thinking, How in the world do I read those verses and put on rose-colored glasses when we're talking about people being tormented? Valid question. Let me bring some clarity. What is the mark of the beast? The Got Questions website puts it like this. The main passage in the Bible that mentions the mark of the beast is actually Revelation 13 verses 15 through 18, though other references can be found all throughout the book. This mark acts as a seal for the followers of the Antichrist and the false prophet, the spokesperson for the Antichrist. The false prophet, in parentheses they put the second beast, is the one who causes people to take this mark. The mark is literally placed in the hand or forehead, or on the hand or on the forehead. And now remember, the marks act as a seal. Earlier in the chapter, we read about the 144,000 people who received a different seal one from God, and for them, that seal was an indication of protection. They're God's people in God's place, safe and secure. And now, good Bible study method beckons us to compare and contrast these two groups of people who have received different seals. And such a comparison reveals some deeply encouraging truths about our God. Guthrie put it like this, Verses 1 through 5 showed those who have been marked by Christ enjoying perfect security in Mount Zion, singing and celebrating. And here, in verses 9 to 11, or 9 through 11, we see all who have been marked by the imposter, all who have believed these false promises and fell for his charm gagging and spitting as they drink the wine of God's wrath. 
Rather than being comforted by the lamb, they'll be tormented in the presence of the lamb whom they've rejected. And she continues, John, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, pleads with us to live and die in such a way that we can be certain that we will experience the comfort of the lamb. That's verse 12, where he literally says, here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and faith in Jesus, aka believers. The good news that's found in chapter 14 is that God makes a way out. He's just and fair. And those who are his find ultimate safety in him. And those who refuse him, well, they'll have to face the ultimate consequences of that choice. But God's heart in all of this isn't that he's an evil monster. 2 Peter 3, 9 tells us that the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He wants everyone to turn to him, and he gives us a choice, a beautiful one that offers the freedom and security that comes from being God's people. So what does it look like for us today to live differently in light of what we read in chapter 14? Where's the encouragement? Well, another commentator puts it like this. Hearing and keeping these words means that we want to be marked by what marks the redeemed in this passage. Did you notice what distinguishes them? True spirituality, a rigorous pursuit of personal holiness, uncorrupted, uncompromised, undefiled spirituality. They are free from intercourse with the pagan world system. They are obedient as they follow the lamb who is also their shepherd and are corrected by his rod and protected by his staff. They're willing to submit even when it's costly. And there's something about the way that they talk. In their mouth, no lie was found. That's Revelation 14.5. The commentator continues, they don't listen to or repeat half-truths or outright falsehoods. Think about it. They They don't listen to or repeat outright falsehoods. Their words have weight because they are consistently truthful. And not just generally truthful, but truthful about the costs and benefits of following the lamb, even when the beast is breathing down their neck and pitching a much more attractive message. Revelation 14, it shows us a lot of good examples. Specifically, what does it look like for us today as believers to operate as bright lights in a world that is constantly competing for our attention and belief, our loyalty? That's all we've got time for today. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.